Praise the Lord, everybody. Everybody, hallelujah. Let's praise him this morning because he's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. We have a reason to praise the Lord this morning. Amen. He woke us up this morning. He placed us in our right mind. He put food on our table. He put shoes on our feet. He gave us a place to sleep. He kept us. In the good time and the bad time, He kept us. Hallelujah. We serve an uh, awesome God. We serve an mighty God. Oh, amen. We just want to give Him all the glory this morning. We welcome everyone this morning to Christ Center Church. So glad to have everyone here to praise God with us this morning. Amen. We welcome you and we pray that the Lord will touch your heart this morning. We pray the Lord will touch your minds this morning and that He will keep us together as one. If there's ever a time we need to be together, to be together is now. You know, there's so much happening in the world today. And, um, you know, this week, you know, we came off a week of consecration. And it's been such a, you know, such a change, you know, when you can lock in and shut out everything. It was very hard for me. And even though it's still hard for me. But, you know, I had an awesome time. And I'm still going to continue to maintain a good time in the Lord. Because God has been so good to me. You know, um, I, I have so many trials. But, you know, I trust God. And God kept me through. You know, don't don't give up on God. Amen. Because He promised He will never leave us nor forsake us. Amen. We're going to ask you to stand with us this morning. We're going to pray, get right into our service this morning, and that the Lord will bless our service this morning. Our online viewer, we thank you for tuning in with us this morning. We pray God will bless you also this morning, and that God will meet our needs this morning. We all have needs, amen? And we're going to pray this morning that the Lord will have His way. Bow your heads and pray with us. Father God, we love you. We thank you, Lord God, one more time for being in your presence, Lord God. For in your presence there is fullness of joy. And at your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. For the need you in the good times. We need you in the bad times. Lord God, we need you when things are going well. When things are not going so well, we need you, Lord God. Why? You promise you will never leave us nor forsake us, oh God. We're so glad to be in your presence one more time where we can call upon your name, where we can worship your name, where we can praise your name, where we can lift up your name. Oh God, you alone deserve all the glory and all the honor. You are the King of Kings. You are the Lord the four lords. You are the Alpha and Omega. You are the beginning and the end. You are the first and the last. You are the immutable God. You are the only wise God. You are the one that is and that is to come. Our Savior, our Keeper, the one that died for us, the one that gave uh, your life for us, oh God. While we were yet sinner, you died so that we can have life and have it more abundantly, Lord God. We're so glad, oh God, that you did it for us, oh God. You didn't have to do it, oh God, but you love us, oh God, so much that you die for us, oh God. We ask you, Lord God, this morning, that you come in our midst this morning. Touch us individually and collectively, Lord God. Let there be a move of your spirit continually, overflowing like never before, oh God. Blessing pouring out, oh God, from the top to the bottom, oh God. I pray, Lord God, that you touch every person in this place this morning, oh God. Those that are watching us, dear, oh God, our 
online service this morning. Touch them likewise, O oh God. Whatever our needs are this morning, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will supply all our needs according to our riches and glory, Lord God. For your promise. us this morning. Oh God, as we worship you this morning, we are here to give you all the glory. Oh God, we are here to give you all the honor. And oh God, as we praise you this morning, we ask you to bless us, oh God. Let your will be done. Let your kingdom come, oh God. For it's not by my might, by power, by power, but it's by your spirit, Lord God. Have your way among us this morning. We love you. Oh God, we adore you. Oh God, we worship your name. Come on, church. Let's just praise him this morning. Let's just praise him for the victory. Hallelujah. Let's just praise him this morning because he's worthy to be praised. Worship the Lord with us this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, put your hands together this morning. You know the Lord is on our side. He is fighting our battles every day. God is fighting for us. God is on our side. He has overcome. Yes, He has overcome. We will not be shaken. We will not be moved. Jesus, you are here. Let's lift him up. We love you, Lord. We magnify the name of Jesus. God is fighting for us. God is on our side. He has overcome. Yes, he has overcome. We will not be shaken. We will not be moved. Jesus, you are here, carrying our burden, covering our shame. He has overcome, yes, He has overcome. We will not be shaken, we will not be moved. Jesus, you are here. I will live, I will not die. The resurrection power of Christ alive in me, and I am free in Jesus' name. Carrying our burden, covering our shame, He has overcome, yes, He has overcome. We will not be shaken, we will not be moved, Jesus you are here. Come on, I will live. I will live, I will not die. The resurrection power of Christ. He's alive in me, and I am free in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name.
Come on, if you know that the Lord is fighting your battle. If you know that he's pushing back darknesses. If you know that he's lighting up the kingdom. He has fought the battles for you. You won a battle this morning by being in the house of the Lord. So let's honor him and praise him. Pushing back the darkness. Lighting up the kingdom. That cannot be shaken. In the name of Jesus. Yeah. 
higher, Lord. We lift you higher, Jesus. We lift you higher, oh God. Hallelujah, Jesus. We bow before your throne of grace and of mercy, Lord Jesus. We welcome your presence in this place, oh God. We lift you up, Jesus. You'll be lifted higher, Lord God. You'll be lifted higher, oh God. You'll be lifted higher, oh God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, we give you the highest praise. Hallelujah, we give you the highest praise. Hallelujah, we give you the highest praise. God, begin to break the foundation of this place, oh God. Begin to saturate this place with your presence this morning, God. Let every heart, God, this morning be anointed. Let every ear, oh God, hear your word today, God. Move us by your spirit, oh God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Things are made new, 
surrender my life. I'm moving. I'm not. I'm not going back. I'm moving ahead. I'm here to declare my past is past is over. All things are made new. Surrender my life to Christ. I'm moving. Why we're 
we're still here. That's why we're still standing. That's why we have hope. That's why we can, oh God, grab a hold and fulfill the promises of God. Because, Lord, you're not a man that you should lie. Neither are you the son of man that you should repent. If you have spoken it, so shall it be. For your God Almighty, the Savior and Master of everything, Jesus, there is none like you. I love that name. I love you, Jesus. You're great and mighty, oh God. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, have your way, have your way, have your way. Somebody just pour out of yourself unto the Lord this morning. Surrender all to Him and say, God, I will not leave this place the same way I came in. I want you to touch me. I want you to make me and mold me. I want you to transform me. I want you, oh God, to have your way in me. I want to be what you want me to be, Lord Jesus. For you are my God. And I humble myself myself, and submit to you and surrender to you and say, God, have your way. Oh, God, have your way. Oh, somebody ought to tell him, God, have your way in me. Come on, tell him. Say, God, have your way in me. Say, God, have your way in me. God, have your way in me. I belong to you, oh God. I want you to have your way in me. I want you to do whatsoever you want to do in me and through me. God, have your way in me. I surrender. I give myself to you, oh God. For I want your will to be done. Manifest your kingdom in us this morning. Oh God, will you show, oh God, yourself mighty in this house this morning. Oh God, that chains, invisible chains will be broken and fall to the ground, Lord God. And captivity, Lord God, will be made free, Lord God. Will you do it for us this morning, oh great God? Will you do it? If you have a prayer request right now, would you slip your hand up and just let, by the signal, by the raising of your hand, you signal to the Lord that you have a prayer request, that you want God's will to be done, and we'll pray together. Father, for every uplifted hand, for every person, almighty God, that is yearning, that is seeking, that is crying out to you, Lord God, because, Lord, they have a need. We realize, God, the needs that we have, only you can meet these needs, oh God. We're not interested, in, oh God, in human needs, oh God, for we can do that ourselves. It's not what we are after, Lord God. We're after the need of the spiritual things. We're after the need that you, oh God, would want us to have, Lord God. And so this morning, we pray, touching and agreeing to see the will of God be done in every one of our lives, in our loved ones' lives, in our neighbors' lives, our friends, Lord God, I touch and agree with this congregation this morning, Lord God, that the need that they brought before you in their heart, Lord God, that you will meet and exceed that need, that they will know, oh God, that we serve a God that is high and exalted, high and lifted up, mighty and powerful, that can do exceeding and abundant and above whatever we can 
ask or think. Let it be so this morning as we touch and agree. Lord, we need to see deliverance, Lord God. We need salvation, oh God, to be fulfilled in the lives of those that we're calling on your name for. We're asking for healing this morning in Jesus' name. We're asking for captives to be set free in Jesus' name. We're asking for restoration, Lord God, to take place. And God, we're asking for breakthrough this morning that somebody will break through in the realm of the Spirit, Lord God, that somebody, Almighty God, will be different, will be changed, will be, oh God, transformed, leaving this place this morning, Lord God, like they've never left because, oh God, something from the dimension of the Spirit will move upon them and in them, Lord God. Let it be so, Almighty God. Let it be so. Oh God, have your way. We pray and ask you these things. Oh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Ah. Oh, I feel like something, something is happening. And if we will just get in tune with the Lord, if we will just give God the preeminence and let him have his way in our heart, he will manifest his power among us this morning. In the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, blessed be the name of Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Welcome to Christ-centered church. Amen. The church where Christ is our central focus. And we are grateful and thankful for the Lord and all the great things that he has done. I welcome all of you. Thank you for joining us this morning in person and virtually. We welcome each and every one of you. And I just want all of you to know that I'm just grateful to be with you this morning, worshiping the Lord with you. Those of you that are all across this nation and over, even overseas that have joined us, we welcome you. And we thank you so very much for being a part of what God is doing. Amen. Send your comments this morning. As you uh, interact with us um, virtually, send your comments, um, worship with us. Um, just don't be a spectator, but be a participator wherever you are, and God will move in your life in a wonderful and special way. Share our live feed with whomever you know that uh, you can share it with. We want everyone, as many people as possible, to engage the Word of God, to get a chance to hear the gospel preach, and so share our live feed. We want God to have his way in your life. Amen. Adonis been to church two times already since he's been born. Go ahead, Adonis. Amen. Mom brought Adonis out a couple of times. Adonis looked like he's getting bigger, looking more like his mama. Amen. Tell um, Ed, I said, um, don't be letting you bring the baby by yourself. All right, that's a, that, that's a decent little excuse. You're, you're decent. <laughs> All right, tell Ed, I want to see him next time. Tell him, tell him make Adonis see daddy bringing him to church. That's right. It's just something when daddy bring the, the family to church. Mama is expected. You know, we didn't paint that picture over the years that mama should go to church. But we don't make it clear that daddy is the one that should be leading the family to church. So tell Ed, I said, bring Adonis to church one of these days. You can come along when he comes too, but I'm just saying. <laughs> Amen. But it's good to see a little Adonis growing up. Amen. Looking all around. 
Hallelujah. Well, um, I guess it's announcement time, Brother Tom. Come on, Brother Tom, and give us the announcements. Amen. Morning, church. Morning. We have all kind of things going on, and it's a good thing. We had a week of fasting uh, this past week for consecration and uh, uh, a demonstration of our dedication to the Lord. And our um, Bible study on Thursday was one powerful Bible study. Uh, my goodness, um, a, a sense of oneness that hasn't been around for a little while. And it was wonderful to uh, demonstrate to the Lord our service to him. Um, after um, service today, um, all who are involved in the All Nations program um, stick around. Brother Scarlett um, has some instructions, and uh, we have to work out some uh, technical things. So stick around at the end of service, please. Um, we have um, our next Zoom meeting, which will be on Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, the 13th. It starts at 7 o'clock. And um, we had a conversation amongst the leadership team, and what we're after is getting everybody's email address or, or telephone number so we can text the links because uh, we would really like to have the greatest participation possible. So um, all you out there that are unfamiliar with Zoom, there's a, dis there's a downloading of an app, there's a difference between use of uh, uh, the iPhone versus the Android phone, and so we have a group of people who are willing to interact with you and share all that with you to help you to get to the place where you can um, be involved with us. Hide your face if you really want to, rather than show your face. There's all kind of tricks that are available electronically these days. Uh, our next outreach um, is going to be on the 17th. Uh, this uh, next Saturday at 9.30, uh, please come so we can, uh, we, we have a neighborhood that's near a building that we're interested in, and we're spreading the word there, and we'd love to have you come join us there. Uh, and then, uh, I guess to follow up, All Nations Sunday is next Sunday. Uh, we have a very special program planned. Um, please invite somebody, whether you invite them virtually or whether you come and join us in person. Um, it's going to be a really special day. Um, the ladies have uh, an upcoming event um, on um, October the 23rd. Um, it's a couple weeks away, but it's on a Friday, October the 23rd. Um, it's the ladies' movie night. And uh, when I was told this announcement, I thought to myself, you know, the ladies do crafts, the ladies go to movies, and the men get together and we eat. And so that's what we do. But nonetheless, it's fellowship time. Some advanced planning. We've got a number of things coming, so a couple of advanced planning things. Um, the, the ladies of the district are getting together for um, a breakfast, uh, which is going to be on November the 7th. This is ladies from all over um, our district. It's going to be here in Hamilton. It's at the Hamilton Hilton Garden Inn. And um, more details will follow. It's a little bit away, but it is on Saturday morning, um, the 7th of November. And then in the following month of December, we're going to uh, go forward with our Christmas banquet. We're so excited to be able to gather everybody together. We're going to be in this great big giant ballroom, and we're going to have tables set far apart, and we're going to have the same kind of uh, uh, um, manner that uh, when you go out to eat in a restaurant where um, you can take your mask off there. But anyway, more details to follow. But um, please put that on your calendar. It is Friday the 18th. And so keep this in mind. Adults will be $50. Um, uh, children ages um, 13 to 17. They're not children, but young adults. 13 to 17, $35. And the little ones, um, 6 to 12, $10. Um, same prices as last year. 
And then the final thing I'd like to share is that our, um, our series of um, educational things, we call it our Christian Living Series, um, has all kinds of features to it. The one thing that we're really trying to get more participation on is um, the, uh, the meetings that take place on Saturday and Wednesday. So the teens meet on Wednesdays at 6.30, the juniors meet on Saturdays at 10.30, and the adults meet on Saturdays at 11 o'clock. Those are Zoom meetings again. And uh, so we would, again, like you to dial in to us. Uh, Sister Patrice is so, so resourceful. Um, text us, text her, and we'll hook you up so that you can be involved and participate in, in knowing the word more. Have a great day. Praise the Lord, saints. I greet you this morning in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the only name given unto heaven among men, whereby we must be saved. At the name of Jesus, every knee will have to bow and every tongue will have to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen? Amen. Anybody know what time it is? <laughs> yeah, it's offering time. It's giving time. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul used an agricultural principle to illustrate this point. What he's saying is that the farmer that sows bountifully will reap bountifully. You see that in Proverbs chapter 11 verse 24, Luke chapter 6 verse 38, and Galatians chapter 6 verse 7 to 8. Bountifully here is the same word as bounty in verse 5 of 2 Corinthians chapter 6. We are admonished to sow bountifully, which means to sow with blessings, and to reap bountifully, which means to sow with blessings. God will be no man's debtor. He is faithful to bless when we are faithful to obey. In verse 7, it's often, um, it, this is often misapplied. Verse 7 of Second Corinthians. <clears throat> Paul is not talking here about how much we give, so much as how we give. He told them how much to give in Second Corinthians 8, verse 12 to 15. It was to be in proportion to what they had. He's not expecting you to give what you don't have. Amen? <clears throat> but for a believer to give grudgingly or out of a sense of obligation is to miss the blessings of giving. Giving must be from the heart and God loves a cheerful giver. Amen? So it's offering time. And I won't say that again. But on my right <laughs> is Sister Patrice. <laughs> She'll take your offering electronically. If you need an envelope, you can get with Brother Tom and Brother Henry. And we have the baskets here where you can put your offering in. Amen. Let's all stand together and bless this offering today. Oh, Lord our God. We come another time, Almighty Father, to give you thanks, Lord, for all your goodness, your loving kindness, and your mercies towards us. 
We thank you, Lord God, for this opportunity to give for your glory, your honor, and your praise. We thank you, Almighty God, for the opportunity, Almighty Father, to come together as a family, to be a blessing to one another, Almighty God. Oh, precious Savior, in faith we call upon you right now, Almighty God, asking that you touch our hearts and our minds today as we give, Almighty God. Let this offering go, Almighty God, for your intended purpose. Bless every giver in this house today, Almighty God. Bless those that do not have to give. Make a way, O God. You are the way maker, Lord God. And we ask that you make a way for them, Lord. We ask in faith, Almighty God, that you let your perfect will be done in this house today. As we give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Everyone say, Amen. Amen.
What a great rendition. Thank you, Brother Scarlett. Brother Scarlett, please. If I was Sister Scarlett, I don't know, Sister Scarlett. That trumpet would have to be like out in the bedroom. Every time, I, you know, every time you think of it, like, honey, just play. You know, I doubt just tackle you. Everybody just do what they do. <laughs> you know, Daryl used to be a football player, so he don't know what to do anymore. He tackle his wife. <laughs> you know, I have nobody to hit anymore. He hit her in love, obviously, but he can't help himself. And so, Brother Scarlett, you know, he a trumpet player. He would just have to just play the trumpet all the time. <laughs> hey, whatever God equips us to do, let's just do it. <laughs> Oh, God, I thank you for his goodness. That's just what it is. Amen. Mm. Got a lot that I can say this morning, but I'm not going to message you this morning. Rosalie, it's good to see you this morning. I was talking about Rosalie, pretty-eyed boyfriend. Last week she came this morning to try to make sure I don't talk about it no more. But Rosalie, you know, when I go off on a tangent, it just, I just, just bring him here. You know what I mean? Bring pretty-eyed guy. So we can all, so they can see that I'm telling the truth. Because I don't know what they think when I say your boyfriend's eyes are pretty. I don't know what they think. So just bring him so I can show the church that he's got pretty eyes. Hey, I'm securing my masculinity. If the dude's eyes, if he got pretty eyes, he's got pretty eyes. Shauna, let Ethan sing to you. <laughs> just elbow him sometime and say, Sing. Hey, you think I'm lying? You guys be doing it anyway. Because my son work out in front of his wife and kids. <laughs> One, you know what? We was at the height of Corona. He used, he used her bike. He was using her bike to curl. You know, so everybody do what they do. <laughs> we saw the, the picture. One, uh, one time, Akilah posted a picture. He, he curling with the bike. Desperate, you know, because that's height of Corona. The parks weren't even open yet. He curling with the bikes, using his daughter, using the couch, the couch. So we just do what we do because it's who we are. Amen. Good to be in the house of the Lord. Yeah, we gonna make the house of the Lord a good time till we get to heaven. Y'all crazy? If we think the house of the Lord is gonna be this? I don't know. My wife's. I think my wife stole something. Let me say this before I move forward. So, yeah, yeah, I'm going to talk about her. So, so Tom announced that um, ladies' um, fellowship, the 23rd or something of October. Yeah, movie night. They're not going to the movies. So, here's what happened. I was home one day last week during consecration, watching the Ten Commandments, Charlton Heston. That's the best one. And so, I'm watching it. And so, someone came over to... Stopped by the house, dropped something off, and they looked, what are you watching? I said, Ten Commandments, me and my um, apple of my eye, we're watching it. And the person said, we should have a movie night at church. We were going to be out, and I said, that's a good idea. We can probably do it on the grass all the way in the back, but mm, it's a little chilly. And so we might have to wait off on that because it's a little chilly. But if we, if we, you know, a couple of weeks from now, there's a nice night 
where, you know, it's still about 70 degrees at nighttime. Bring your blankets. We can go out there and put a video, you know, put a screen up. But but the, the ladies, we might have to turn that into a church um, uh, movie night, Brother Scarlett, and not just ladies, because that was stolen. Just saying. But we don't know how the weather go. So they might have to come inside and do it. We'll see how that go. Amen. Y'all ready for the word of God? Let's stand to our feet and we'll turn our Bibles. Turn in the word of the Lord to 1 John 4 and 8. 1 John 4 and 8. Sister idea, you can let Sam cook sometimes. Everybody's got to do what they do, man. Yeah, Sam Cook. Yeah. I see her working out. Ethan singing. Brother Scarlett playing the trumpet. And Daryl tackling. I think I'd rather be Daryl out of all of them, though, to be honest. <laughs> you know? Help us, Lord. Oh, my goodness. First John four and eight. The word of the Lord says, he that loveth not knoweth not God for God is love. First John four and 16 says, and we know or let me say it correctly. And we have known and believed the love that God had to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. I want to talk to you today on a simple, simple topic entitled, Make God Visible. Make God Visible. Father, we thank you for your word and for this wonderful, great body of believers and those that have joined us virtually, Lord, that I wish was here with us, but I can feel them. Lord, bless them right where they are. Help them move on them, that they will be participators and that they will experience the glory of the Lord as the word of God is being preached to them. And for us that are here, overwhelm us, Lord God, with your presence and speak to our hearts and help us, Lord, to receive what you want us to have this morning. I pray that none of us will leave this service today without a real encounter, a change, and impartation from you. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you for your word and for what you will do in this service today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I shared with the group this morning that if you don't have a target, then you will hit nothing. If you don't have a goal, then you'll accomplish nothing. And so every time you come into the house of the Lord, you should have a target. You should have a goal. And it might not be specific, but I'm going to tell you what it should be so you know it. Whenever we are in the presence of the Lord where the preaching of the word is, The word of God should impact our lives in this way. Anytime we're hearing the word of God preach, it should impact our lives or affect our lives in this way. The preaching of the word of God is to make us wise 
and save our soul through faith. The preaching of the word of God is to make us wise and save our soul through faith. So that's the first check you should have that every time I'm hearing the word of God, I have to ask myself, is it making me wise and, it, and, and, and am I being saved through faith? The other thing is it's supposed to do is to teach us. It's supposed to convict us to change. When we hear the word of God and, and, and some of it come across as anytime you get convicted of something, it means that there's something you need to do about it. If you always hear what you like, you will never change because it means that you're good. But when you start to feel some conviction about what is being said, it means now that there's some things in your life that you need to change. And that's why you're being convicted so you can change. So the word of God is supposed to teach us, convict us to change. How are we going to change? Through training in righteousness. And when we become righteous, it will make us complete in Christ and fully equipped for all good works. That's what the word of God is supposed to do. And so oftentimes what we do, let me make this clear as well. Do you know that there's the ways of man and then there's the ways of God? Let's always make sure we're clear about that. There's the ways of man and there's the ways of God. And oftentimes we are functioning in the ways of Meaning that all of the things that we see, we feel, we do, it's according to our own way, not according to God's. And so if that's correct, what happens a lot of times is uh, we're not doing what God wants us to do. Because that word, when, when computer came about, we learned this, this word, how it can really mean it, the word default. We're always defaulted to do what men do, what humans do. We're always on default to just go to that. It's what we know. It's what's in us. It's what we normally perform. And so usually that's what happens in our life. So we have to be, be really honest with ourselves to say that's kind of how things normally work. And if I don't consciously and willingly do the things of God, I will find myself just doing the things of man. And so this is why when we hear the preaching of the word, we're going to have to really put forth a conscious effort to make sure it impacts our life the way it is supposed to impact our life. Because it's easy for us to just go on default and it never really meant anything to us. It was a good word. It meant like, you know, okay, sounds good. But it never really did anything to us because we went back to default. And we didn't allow the word of God to do something. So always when you hear the word of God, make sure it's doing what it's supposed to do to you, which is to make you wise and to save your soul through faith, which is to teach you, to convict you to change through righteousness, which will make you complete in Christ and fully equip you for all good works. That's what the word of God is supposed to do. And anytime we leave the presence of the Lord where his word is being preached, and none of those things happened, then we kind of wasted our time. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we go to the word of God again, where it says, God is love. Isn't that what the word of God says? God is love. Right? That's important to know if God is love. I'm going to take my time and talk to you this morning because I want to really get this message through to you. It's a simple message, but at the same time, it could be complicated because don't forget what I said to you just now, that we tend to go into default mode of how we see things, how we are, the ways of man, the ways of human being. So we have the ways of human being that dominates us. And, 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 but if we continue to follow the ways of human beings, we will never experience and inherit eternal life in Christ because that's not the way of human being. God is love. So listen to this. Since God is love, in order for us to see love, we must see God. However, the word of God says in 1 John 4 and 12, no man had seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us and his love is perfected in us. God is love, but no man has ever seen God at any time. So I'm going to go out on a limb and says, we haven't seen love. First John 14 and 9 says, Jesus said unto him, have I been so long time with you? And yet has thou not known me, Philip? He had seen me, had seen the father. And how sayest thou then show us the father? So no man had ever seen God at any time because God is a spirit. However, Jesus Christ is God incarnate. So when you saw Jesus, you saw God, which means you saw love. Uh-huh. First Timothy 3.16 says, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto world receive up in glory the point i'm making here is if you see jesus you see god which means you saw love but here is the problem acts chapter one verse number nine says and when he had spoken these things while they beheld he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by him in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. And so here is, I read all those scriptures that say this, God is love, but God is a spirit. So you can't see God, which means you can't see love. But in his goodness and his graciousness towards us, he says, I'm not going to 
leave you there where you can't. I am going to manifest myself so you can see me, which now today we understand Jesus Christ is God Almighty manifest so we can see God. Here's the problem with that. You and me didn't live in the time when Jesus walked the earth. So we haven't seen Jesus either. So now we can say we have not seen love because love is in heaven on the throne. As a matter of fact, I'm going to mess with your theology and your thought and say this. Love is a noun and not a verb. We all have always felt like love was a verb, action. But the Bible says God is love. Is God action or is God a noun? Teachers, we know that. Person, place, or things. Now, so the first thing that we have to stop to now acknowledge that we've gone wrong in is thinking that love is a verb. Because love is a noun. Love is God. Not unless the Bible is not telling us the right thing. The Bible says God is love. Love is not a verb. Love is a person. Love is God Almighty who is sitting on the throne today. His name is Jesus Christ. Now I know I mess with you now, so it's, you're wondering how in the world are we going to fix this? Because this is beyond me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to help you fix it. Let's go back to 1 John 4 and 16 where it says, And we know and we have known and believed the love that God had to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in Love dwelleth in God and God in him. This is a very simple statement of the scripture, but perhaps one of the most profound statements in scripture. It says not that God is loving, lovable, or lovely. It says God is love. It speaks not of behavior, but of the source of who he is. But of course, in our viewpoint, love is a verb. It's an action word. Okay. Love is the sum of the essence of all the moral attributes of God. Each specific moral attribute is but an expression in ways and deeds of his nature, the nature of God. In scripture, it indicates two specific categories of agape love. Yes. Of the two categories of agape love, one is motivational and one is responsive. How can you say that, preacher? First John four nineteen. We love him because he first loved us. We love him because he first loved us. You know what the Bible is saying? That God loved us just because. 
Not because you can do something for him. Not because you can bring something to the table. Not because you have something valuable he can use. Not because of anything. God loved you and me just because. God loved us not because we have something to afford him or provide him or to make him look better. or He just loved us just because. But we love him because he loved us. So how we love is called responsive love. How God love is motivational love. I know you never heard this kind of stuff before, but I'm, I'm helping you this morning. And so, again, go back to what I'm trying to tell you. Be careful about behaving our natural ways of human beings because it's not the ways of God. And we will trip ourselves up and mislead ourselves by behaving and leading our life according to what we see and what we feel and what we do. Because that's humanistic. We're trying to be godly, not be human. We're already humans, and we're supposed to be striving to be godly. And so we need to look at what God says he's commanding and requiring of us so we can be like him. God is love. So in essence, when we say I'm trying to be like Jesus, I'm saying, you're saying, I'm trying to be loved. When we say we're striving to be like him, what we're saying is we're striving to be love. Not the verb, but the noun. Uh huh. The love that God is can never be classified as responsive love. He is motivating. He shows us motivating love. He does not love us because of our redeeming qualities, because we have no quality that God needs. God don't need anything from anybody. As a matter of fact, slide this in real quick and get out of the way. We like to say God created us uh, because he loves us. But here is a truth that you got to deal with. If everything consists in God, it means God needs nothing. So God didn't need to create us. So why did God ever create us? He has no need to create us. Why did God create us? Here's the real answer. All the other answers that you like to come up with, that's fine. But here's the real answer why God created us. Ready for this, Rosalie? He created us to give value to himself. That's just too way down deep for y'all. How can you say that, preacher? If God existed and nothing exists, So what? What did it mean? What did it mean? When God was all by himself, what did it mean? Zero. Zilch. Nada. Because nothing was available. Nothing was created. No life. No nothing. But in order to bring some kind of value to himself to say, okay, I exist for a purpose. You don't want to hear that. But that's where it all starts. He had to say, I exist for a purpose. This is going to challenge you because now all of us have to be like him. We have to be loved. And then the next thing we got to say is, what do I exist for? And we better come to that purpose. You see how we think? 
We are skewed in our thinking because we will always think of things to somehow make us feel good, benefits us, profit us. We can't help ourselves. But God way says we're supposed to be selfless. Not self-centered. How can we benefit someone else, not ourselves? That's the way God's ways are, and our ways is always trying to size it up as to how it benefit us. So if I, if, when you, when I, when, when we all say, well, I know why God created us because He had to show His love. That benefits you. That makes you feel good. That's it. Woo, yeah, God loves me. That's why He. Cre- he created you to bring value to himself, to have a purpose for existing. Because if he didn't create you, the question still remains, why did he exist? I know that's tough to say, and y'all like, man, you saying it about God? God will agree with me, because that's really what he wants you to know. He existed all by himself, nothing else, and it meant nothing. But when he created us, he now was, was, was making himself valuable. May, 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 let there be purpose now for reasoning, for, for existing. And if that's true, which it is, now all of us now have to go back to the drawing board today and said, if my God had to show a reason for existing, It can't be selfish. Well, I digress and I go on. I'm preaching here that, that we love him because he first loved us. His love is motivating. Our love is responsive. Uh-huh. Ours is responsive. His is the motivating love. Love never includes pouring out affection or gifts in order to manipulate a response for adoration. So some of the things we do, I got to get him on, on my side. I, I got to get her on my side. And we do these little subtle things to try to get people on our side and try to get people to say, you're so nice and try to get people to say, oh, you're so sweet. But all along, you didn't do it because you just wanted to show love. You just did it because you were selfish in your thinking. You wanted to get them on your side. And God is saying, that's not who I am. I'm not trying to get you on my side. Not manipulating you to come on my side. I want you to choose to come on my side, not for any reasons, but just because. Because that's how I operate. Let me show you the difference between how God is and how we are when it comes down to love. Matthew chapter 5, verse 43. We're about to get into the meat of this thing. Ye have heard that it has been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. He's saying, when y'all hang out and talk, you know what y'all talk about? I ain't going to be loving nobody that treat me bad. So y'all go around saying, love the people that are nice, but hate the enemies. He said, that's what y'all have been saying. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you 
and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven, for he maketh his Son to raise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love them which love you, what reward have you? Do not even the publicans the same. What God is trying to tell us is we normally love people, what we say, what we call love. We normally love them because they are nice people, because they're good people, because they don't do wrong and they don't offend me. I normally treat those people good and show them people love. But God says, look at me, God. I send the sun to shine in the earth and there's evil and there's good. I didn't say, oh, let me just shine on the good. Forget the evil. My love says that you didn't have to do anything. You don't have to be good for me to love you. I'm going to love you just the way you are, no matter what you are and no matter what you have done. He says the sun will shine on the good and the evil. The rain will fall on the good and the evil because me, God, who is love, that's how I am. I don't choose to love this one because they're good and not this one because they're bad. I love people just because. So you see, we have to reevaluate what we call love and how we've been demonstrating love. Because we're here only loving when it suits us. When, when, when people are good with us. We, we're not loving people if, if they get on our nerves or they don't run with our crew. Or they don't like the things that we like. And God is saying, yeah, that's the kind of love y'all got. You're only loving people when it's convenient. He says, but even ungodly people do that. That's what he said when he said publican the same. He said, you all are Christians, but you're loving people like sinners do. That's what he's saying. Because sinners, how they love is, as long as you're good with me, I'm good with you. Okay, we'll love each other. But as soon as you cross me, as soon as you get on my nerves, as soon as you don't want to do what I do, cutting you off. That's what sinners do. And God is saying, if we're going to be Christians, if we're going to be like him, we got to understand that we got to love like he is. And that's how we're going to make the difference. That's how we're going to make God visible in our world is by doing what God does. I know that's tough. But I'm hoping that somehow change will take place in all of us today. Uh Uh-huh. And so, if you salute your brethren only, what do you more than others? Again, if we're only going to recognize people who we cool with, how are we going to call ourselves Christians when God said, sinners do that? Mm-hmm. Do not even the public and so be ye therefore perfect. That word means complete, even as your father, which is in heaven is complete. So if we're going to be like love, what we're going to be doing is loving people in spite of the good or the bad that they do. You just loving them because you're trying to be like God, who is love. Real love doesn't search for response. It doesn't depend on response. The love that derived itself from the love that God is, is 
in is an end in itself. Love is not an emotional response to stimulation. In fact, the love so beautifully described in scripture is not an emotion. It's not at all. What is it, preacher? It is will and action based upon the will. Love applied is an act of the will. Love applied is an act of the will. Preacher, what do you mean by that? Too many of us only can show love if we feel like it. And what God is telling you is feelings has nothing to do with love. What God is trying to tell you is uh, you have to will yourself uh, to demonstrate and express love. It has nothing to do with feelings. I gave them the example this morning of my apple of my eye. She spilled something in my office yesterday and I was so upset with her because before that her brother had thrown up on my carpet and I had to throw it out. I got some new carpet and yesterday she spilled something. Uh, some of it went on the runner, but some spilled over on the carpet and I was so upset with her and I gave her a hard time. And of course, oh, she cannot handle daddy because I'm not supposed to talk to her like I talk to anybody else. She's get she gets special treatment in her mind. That's the way it is. And it is that way. She is my daughter, my one and only the apple of my eye. And I do treat her special. But when she's wrong, guess what? I'm calling her out. I don't play who it is because I got to be a man of God. And it means wrong is wrong. You call it out. Man, I called it out. She was not happy. Of course, she went upstairs crying. She was in her room. Now she's not talking to me. She went out and hung out with her friends, came back home. When I, when I come in the house or she comes in the house, the first place each and every, each of us go to is each other. So if I come in the house, she come to me or I go to her. If she comes in the house, she come to me. And that's just what, that's what we do. But yesterday she came in the house from her friends and went upstairs. I said, oh, oh, somebody's still upset about me screaming at him. And so I gave her time to just, you know, relax. And then after a while, I had to call her downstairs. I said, Peyton, come here. And she came down. I said, I see um, you didn't come and see me like you normally do. Yeah, Dad, I thought you were still upset. That's what she said. I said, honey, me getting upset because you did something wrong don't mean I don't love you and don't mean I'm still upset. It's just for the moment. And we had our conversation. We talked it through and boom, it's over with. But it just reminded me of... uh, uh, we we might practice that, hopefully we practice that with our family, but we don't practice that with anyone else. We get mad and blow up and we don't even want to speak to each other. Because because it's the emotion, it's the emotion that's driving me. I'm, I, you love your children just like I love my children. Don't have nothing to do with emotion. So you see what I'm saying is not off the wall. We love our children just because. And so, well, I hope so. <laughs> oh my goodness, I hope so. And so and so you getting upset doesn't mean that you don't love them. So we can't allow emotion to 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 control whether we love or don't love. Love applied is an act of your will. You have to will yourself to express and demonstrate who God is. Love. Mm-hmm. To better understand this, let's examine the great contrast between the ultimate love available from human being and the love that derives itself from that which is God. So when you look at, let's look at what, what human beings demonstrate as love and let's look at what God demonstrates as love. 
John 15, 13 says, greater love had no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. So hear me, church, the greatest demonstration of love that any one of us normally show as human beings is by dying for someone. And that's noble. It's noble that you died for someone. It's noble. As I said this morning, the, the, the firemen here, when the building is burning, everyone is trying to get out and they're trying to get in. That's noble. We call them heroes. And so we have people in our world that we call heroes because they will give their life for someone to be saved. Unfortunately, if we know that person is no good, we don't want to give our life to that person. So if you know there's a burning building and someone that's in there that just did all sort of crime and did all sort of wrong, you're going to be like, let it burn. Let that building burn. I just said I couldn't get in. We don't mind dying for someone that we think deserve for us to die for. If, 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 we, if we get to that place of love according to the human behavior. That's the highest form of love we can really uh, demonstrate is dying, giving our life for someone else. Romans 5 and 7 says this. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet preadventure or peradventure, I don't know why I always say that. Yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. So it's saying that even for a righteous man, some of us would say, yeah, I guess if I have to, I will. But only for a righteous man, we probably won't even do it for a good man sometimes. Herein is expressed the ultimate of man's love. So if you ever achieve the ultimate love of mankind, you will give your life for a good person or a righteous person. That would be your ultimate height of where you can reach. But love which derived from the attribute of God is beyond this. This is why God and us is different. For when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died. This is Romans 5, 6. For when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. So when he died, he wasn't dying saying, yeah, see, I'm going to die because, um, you know, uh, they're going to be godly. There was no guarantee that we're going to be godly. But God is good and he's love and he's just trying to make a way in case we decide. That we want to follow him. So he died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet per adventure, for a good man some would even dare die. But God commanded, here we go again, his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So when we could offer God nothing, he still died for us. So really and truly what the scriptures is pointing out is that we hardly would give our life for anyone that can do nothing for us. I'll prove it to you a little bit. You know what's one of the hardest, some of the hardest ministry that people ever get involved in, in church? Aside from people getting in prayer. Rosalie, you know what's some of the hardest ministry? I'll tell you this. Go see how often people go to the nursing home and the prison. You go do some research on that. You know why? 
Because the people at the nursing home, they in a wheelchair. They drooling sometimes. Nothing they can do for you. People in prison, some of them going to be in there for the rest of their life. Nothing they can do for you. So we have a tendency, if we want to be honest with ourselves, to only do good to those that can probably one day somehow do good back to us. Even in our children, some of us are motivated because you know what's our story? I don't want to get old and nobody take care of me. So we try to treat our children right. So guess what? When we get old, we don't have to get shipped to the nursing home too quickly. We are motivated by response. And we, what we call love, show it because of response that we want. And God is trying to get us to understand that's not love. He is love and he wants us to love the way he is. I know this is tough, but I'm preaching the word of God to you. The love that God is demonstrate itself to be beyond knowledge. While the greatest love among men may do no more than sacrifice to provide friends, God's love sacrifice to save enemies. Why would you want to save your enemies? But God's love says you do what you have to do to demonstrate love to save your enemies. Let somebody do something really bad to your family member. What are you going to do? Your love says, I'm going to do back to them what they do to my family member. God love says that you need to, if they needed you to die for them, you die for them, even though they just did something to your family member. And before you go out on a limb talking about, oh, that's crazy. Here I'm going to tell you, that's who God is. That, that's, that, so you can say, so when you say that's crazy, just say God is crazy. God is love. Whatever I'm saying here today, if you think it's out of control and it makes no sense, then just say God is out of control and he makes no sense. Because I'm telling you what is the essence of who God is. And when he demonstrates who he is, these are the actions that you see that flows from him. Loving people that hate him. Oh, we got scripture for that because I know when he hung up on that cross, uh, there were people that had problems with him. Uh, there were people that spat upon him. Uh, there are people that mocked him. Uh, there are people that treated them unfairly. And guess what he says? He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Uh, not to mention his very life uh, that he was shedding his blood, uh, staying on that cross. It was for them who was persecuting him. It was for them who hated him. It was for them who spat upon him. So what I'm telling you, uh, that God is love. I'm not making this up. This is his word. And if we are going to be like God, we're going to have to demonstrate that kind of love in this world. I am convinced of this. Because I've been preaching for a while and I finally stumbled upon it. Or maybe I just weren't seeing right. I kept wondering, Brother Kellerman, why when John the Baptist preached back in the day, you heard me say this a few weeks ago or probably a couple months ago, people were pressing to get inside the place where he was preaching, to get close enough to hear him preach. The, the, the Bible says that, 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 that the kingdom of God suffered violence and the violence taken by force. People wanted to get in to hear their preaching. And why they're not doing it today? Here's the answer. The people of God is not 
revealing God to the world the way we're supposed to. Because if we reveal God to the world the way we're supposed to, people will want, they will be knocking the doors to come in. I want to know this Jesus that you serve. I want to know this love, this God who is love. I want to know him. I want to be a part of what he's doing. But we're not exemplifying him and revealing him and making him visible in the world. And so people aren't coming because we're not being good example of love. I'm positive of that. Because one thing that I do know, because in my little ways of being, at times, in how I interact with people, when you make people feel good, they respond to you. Can't get away from that. So when you show God to people, they don't have a choice but to respond. But we're probably not showing them God as God is. We're showing them God through our our filter, our filter, but it's contaminated. So as God is coming, as God come out of us, it's tainted. God is tainted coming out of us. But 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 if we will clean our vessel and we will begin to do it as God say do it, then God will come out of us in His purest form, and people will want to know Him, and people will want to come in the house of God, and people will want to surrender their life. But I don't know if we're doing such a good job. So here are a few things that do not exemplify the love that God is. It is apart from speaking with tongues of men and angel, for this is possible without love. So when we speak in tongues, it don't mean that we uh, we have love. It don't mean we're demonstrating God. In 1 Corinthians 13 and 1, the scripture says, though I speak with tongues of men and of angel and have not charity, that word charity means love, and have not love, I am become as a sounding brass or as a tinkling cymbal. Here's another one. Love is apart from spiritual endowment and power, for these can be owned without love. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 2. And though I speak and though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. So we as people of God can be used mightily of God and still not reveal God to this world. You see what I'm saying? So people can come to church. And, 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 and the spirit of God move. We lay hands on them. They get delivered. We lay hands on them. They get filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. We lay hands on them. They get healed. The power of God move on them and they get restored and empowered and strengthened. And all this stuff happens to them. But God is saying, but if love, if all that go on and there's no love, then what? Because the bottom line is those things can happen without love. That's what he's saying not impressive it can happen without love it is even beyond giving all you have to feed those who lack even beyond giving your body your own body as a sacrifice so here's the big one we like to do things donate things donate our time to try to convince people we have love first corinthians 13 and 3 and though i bestow all my goods to feed the poor and though i give my body to be burned and have not charity it profited me nothing so there are people that are doing certain things to come across as demonstrating love and unfortunately they're just doing it out of selfishness so they can feel better 
so they can show the world, look at me, look at what I'm doing. But in actuality, it's not love. Because again, when we are doing it because we we want some kind of response when we are doing it because we want people to 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 do to, to, to talk good about us when we're doing it to get some credit it can't be love and most of the times what we call love it always have some kind of on the back end profit for us mm-hmm. love the motive It is the willingness to sacrifice whatever is necessary to provide the needs of the object of that love. We choose to love or not love who we want to. So from this day on, you choose to love. And so you don't have the excuse anymore to say, I can't love nobody like that. From this day on, you can't say you don't love because they ain't right. From this day on, you can't say you're not loving them because they did this to you or they did that to you. You don't have that right if you're calling yourself one who is love just like God. No, you're not expressing the love of God if you're saying, "Mm -mm, can't touch that. You don't know what they did to me. That's a big one. You don't know what they did to me. To me, sometimes it gets so simple and we miss it. I wish every time we can, every time we reject doing what God wants us to do, he would just show up and say, you don't know what they did to me. (laughs) Every time we decide not to do something God says we need to do, I wish he would just show up and say, you don't know what they did to me. Because we think that they should do it to God and it's okay, but what they do to you is not okay. Who are you? Are you the creator? Because even if you are, you still are not acting like him because he, which gave life to everyone, was the one that says, I'm okay. No matter what they do, I'm going to still love them. And you can never be the creator, so you can never be the one to not show love. You can never be the one to have an excuse as to why you don't love people. I know this is heavy. Love, the action of the will, is actually sacrificing whatever is necessary to provide the needs of the object of that love. Love is not an emotion. Love is not an emotion. Listen to this. The emotion we have called love will always follow, but never lead. The emotion that we call love will always follow, but never lead. The emotion we call love will always follow, but never lead. What do you mean by that, preacher? That you don't have to feel it to show it. You don't have to feel it to show it. When Jesus Christ was in the garden of Gethsemane, he didn't feel it, but he showed it. So you don't have to feel it to show it. But what you will experience is when you start showing it, that feeling will come. 
Because when you start doing it and you start to see the impact that it's having, you will know and begin to feel, because that's just who you are as a human, you will begin to feel good that you are making somebody else's day better. But you don't do it to feel good. It's a thin line if you see what I'm saying. We will, I need to feel good, let me go give away some clothes. I need to feel good, let me just go to Salvation Army. You see what I'm saying? That's not it. That's not it. Because you're doing it for a response. So you can feel good. And that's how we translate God's love. But what God is asking us to do is to do it and have no uh, 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 wanting to, to, to get some good feeling from it. If good feeling comes, all great. But if 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 if, it's, if you started out doing it just so you can feel good, you're already wrong. It's not love. I'm going to get him to do this for me tonight. I'm going to get her to do this for me today. God says, that's not love. Because you're doing it to get a response. You're doing it to get them to do something for you. That's not love. Love is so pure. God is so pure that you're doing it with no expectation and it's all it is. I'm doing it just because. And we do a lot of things all the time that we've been calling love and it's not love. It's to get what we want. It's to feel good because we want to feel good. And God is saying, that's not who I am. I'm love, and that's not who I am. I did not not create y'all so I can feel good about myself. I didn't need y'all for me to feel good about who I am. I'm almost there. The word of God says, love your enemies. Love your enemies. First Corinthians chapter 13, verse four, it says this charity suffered long and is kind. Charity envied not. Charity vaunted not itself, is not puffed up, does not envy, does not behave itself unseemly. Seek it not its own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. I underlined that one this morning as I was preaching because I said to them that I wanted to get across to you too. That one of the best ways to look at people is never to look at where they are. If we're going to if we're going to be like God. Don't look at people at where they are. Look at people for the potential of God in them. If you look at people for where they are, for where they are, you're going to not do things that you should do. You're going to send yourself in all kind of tizzy, just 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 frustrated because all of what they've done, all of how they've hurt you, all of the things that they represent. And you're looking all at it and you're just stuck right there where they are, too. But if you look at them. From the mind of Christ, from the eyes of Christ and says, oh, my God, the things that I can see God will do in your life. Oh, my God. You see that God wants to work in you in such a powerful way that he will use you to do great things and miraculous things. Richard, God gave you a voice and I'm telling you, God can use you that when you get up and sing, your voice will be so anointed that people will begin to worship God till they just lose their mind and just get lost in the spirit. 
Uh, that's why God gave you that gift. Uh, not for you to do anything else, uh, but for you to be used by God and just bless people. For you to be used of God and do great things. Uh, just like when Brother Scarlet plays, uh, you just want to just, oh, just worship uh, and bask in God because God gave us gifts to do. Uh, so, Richard, uh, I don't look at what you do now. I look at what God can do in your life. I look at how God will use you. Uh, and I will never stop hoping. Uh, I will never stop looking uh, to God and say, God, I know you're going to do something great in my son's life uh, because I know God's going to do something great in your life. Uh, I know God's going to do great things in my oldest son's life, in my in my daughter's life, in my in my littlest son's life. I know that. And I want all of you to look at people and start to think that about them. Uh, God is going to do great things in your life. Your potential is God and, and God is limitless. Your potential is in God is just wonderful. We have to do that. If we don't do that, we're going to be stuck right there and mess with people and never love them because you're going to tell yourself they can't be loved. They're unlovable. When all you got to do is stop seeing them the way they are and see them the way God sees them. God sees them as victorious. God sees them as overcomers. God sees them as great people doing great things for him. That's how God sees them. And we need to see them the same. This is why, Rosalie, I can talk about your boyfriend. You're wondering, what in the world is pastor? What's wrong with him? Because when I see people, when I meet people, all I think about is just what God can do. I can't even go into all the other stuff. I had someone said to me one day after I got done preaching, they said, listen, you said something about so-and-so. You don't understand who that person is. Because I was saying good things, but they know the person, you know, everything about that person. They were like, huh, you saying all that? You don't understand. Listen to me. You crazy if you think I stand here and I'm ignorant. But I trust God and I let God work in my life. I let God work through me. And so the bottom line is when I see people, I refuse to worry about the problems you and them have. I, I refuse to, to, to get caught up in the struggle that you and them have. I got to see you and them having a great life. I got to see you and them doing great things for God. I got to see them doing wonderful things. And that's how I see it. I don't see all the other stuff. That's how I see it. And so. Love don't think evil. It rejoice not in iniquity, but rejoice in truth. Bear it all things, believe it all things, hope it all things, endure it all things, all things. Charity never fail, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. And now abided faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is love. John 15, 11 says, these things have I spoken unto you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Mm-hmm. God sacrificed himself in Jesus Christ to benefit us. It had, he didn't get no benefit out of it. Because remember, if we all get saved, how does it benefit him? If we all make it to heaven, how did it benefit him? Because he doesn't need anything. This love, this is the love that is, you ever read the scripture that says the fruit of the spirit? 
when you read this, this, the scripture says the fruit of the spirit is love and it goes on to name all the other things. Let me educate you again. The fruit of the spirit is love. The fruit of the spirit is love. Then everything else that comes after that are what comes from the love. <laughs> you go and look at it. The fruit of the spirit is love. Then all the other descriptions are descriptions of when love is demonstrated. So when you see where it says, uh, you know, joy and peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, all of those things only happen because of the fruit of the spirit, which is love. Uh huh. Romans 5 and 5 says, and hope make it not a shame. Here is where I'm going to finish up here and let you know. You can demonstrate the love that I'm talking about here today. You can demonstrate it. Preacher, how can I demonstrate it? Well, Romans 5 and 5 says, and hope make it not a shame because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. If God is in you, then you can reveal God to the world. If God is in you, then you can make God visible to the world. So the bottom line is God is love. So it means love is in you. And if love is in you, you can make love come forth from out of you. So don't tell yourself, oh, I can't do that. That ain't no love that no human can do. You're right. But if God is in you, you can show that love. First John four thirteen. hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us because he had given us of his spirit. We are only capable of demonstrating this love if the Holy Ghost dwells in us. First John four and seven, beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. Now that you look at the scripture from a standpoint of understanding that love is a noun, when you have love in you, now you understand that when we love, we are of God because we can only truly love. We've been thinking of love the way we think of it. But when you think of the love that I just explained to you, who God is, when you think about it, the only way you can ever truly love is if God is in you. You can't love no other way. Every other love that you show without God working in you is that selfish, responsive love. Is that selfish love that says that I need something out of the deal. Mm -hmm. When we demonstrate the love that God is, we make God visible in the earth. Uh huh. First John 4. 17, herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so we, so, so are we in this world. The Bible says, as he was, so should we be in the world. Why? Because he is in us. And that's why we know in verse 18, there is no fear in love, <laughs> but perfect love cast out Fear, because fear had torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Here is how we are able to love without fear, is to have God in us. No God in you, you can't love. This is why sometimes we said, I won't, I can't trust myself loving him. I won't trust myself loving her. She might hurt me. Well, the bottom line is the love that you was getting ready to show wasn't, wasn't real love anyway. That's why. 
Here is how God revealed himself in love in which we should try to mimic. God reveal or express himself or love by giving. Giving without expectation of receiving. So if you are going to allow this love of God to be visible in this earth, you have to be willing to give and give of yourself without expectation of receiving. What's another way that God expressed love to us? By dying, sacrificing one's life again without expecting anything back. What's another way? God expressed himself in love by forgiving without expecting anything back. Don't be forgiven and talking about, I'll forgive you if you never do it again. That ain't God's love. God says forgive and don't worry about it. As a matter of fact, 70 times 7 on that one situation. So stop, give, stop, stop forgiving people and say, but you better not do it again. That ain't love. Here's a final one. God expressed love in blessing his people. You ought to be willing to bless others again, not expecting anything back. Make God visible by demonstrating who he is to this world. When we love according to who God is, we make him visible to our world. Will you stand with me? I know that's a tough pill to swallow. But I'm here to try to help you. Get wisdom. I'm here to try to get you to be saved. I'm here to try to get you to 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 be taught, to be convicted, to change. So you can be trained in righteousness and be complete in Christ Jesus. And be fully equipped for all good works. And so when you come into the house of the Lord. You're going to come in with your own selfish expectations. And that's okay. But the bottom line is when you hear preaching like you just heard. Then I hope you will take this and do something with it. So it can help you to not be that way. Because the way we are, if we continue that way, we will not inherit eternal life. Just understand that the way we are, it's fleshly, it's physical, it's carnal, and it's not pleasing unto God until we adapt the principles and the attributes of God and begin to practice them in our life and live them out. We will not inherit eternal life. That's what happened when Adam sinned in the garden. It, 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 it brought a curse upon us. And until we live the way Christ Jesus wants us to live, then we will not be able to inherit eternal life. So when you hear these sayings, I want you to trust God to help you to overcome them. Hallelujah. We have a few guests with us this morning that I wanted to greet before we close out. Robin Jones, Leah Jones. Where's Robin and Leah? And then the baby. The baby's back there too. Robin and Lee and baby girl. Baby girl. Hey girl. We got two babies in the house this morning. We like you, baby. 
we love the noise, but it wasn't loud. No, no, no. You see, she had good noise. Now, you know, sometimes babies just, and you're like, I can't hear myself. Well, not this baby girl. It was a little bit of noise, but we liked the noise. And then Adonis, he just, he, did Adonis go to sleep? Adonis went to sleep. So we got some babies in the house. We thank God for that. Babies are good things. Babies is just, it's, it's, a, it's a gift from God. It's a gift from God. I know God has touched my life. I love babies now. Oh, you don't want to tell the truth? I never used to love babies. Sam, you used to love babies? I'm saying now you do. You always did? I never used to love kids. I'm just like, they get on my nerves, they get in my way. I got things to do, they make too much noise. I told you the other day, but it changed though. So listen to me. I never forgot when it changed. I'm on an airplane. And years ago when I was on an airplane, kids started crying. I'm just like looking around like, can they do something? <laughs> like the airlines do somebody, just do something. And now I hear babies crying. Guess what comes in my mind? Maybe I can go help them. Like, let me take, let me see if I can help the baby. Like, I'm all worried. Are you okay, mother? You know, like, I'm all sensitive now. I'm like, I want to make sure the mom is good. And if I need, listen, you want me to walk the aisle? I'll walk the aisle with the baby. I'm just like, I'm like, what in the world happened to me? God touched my life. Those are, that's one of the things that I know for sure, how I know God has touched my life. Elderly and kids. I was running so fast that they got in my way. And so it wasn't until God touched me that now I'm going to the nursing homes, right? Sitting with them and praying with them and talking with them and just having a good time. But I'm like, what happened to you, dude? God touched my life. And now babies out here, I'm just like, leave the baby alone. They making their noise and everybody getting all worked up. I'm like, leave the baby alone. God is good, man. God is good. He, I mean, I can't tell you how much I appreciate him because when we allow our flesh to get in the way, we're a mess. But we have to trust God and reveal God. We need God's spirit in us and we need to reveal God to this world because when it's spirit in us, we can reveal God to this world. So people will come to know who God is, that God is love. And if we love the way God is, people will begin to come into the church. People will begin to surrender their life because they will know God don't have any ulterior motives. He doesn't have any agenda and it doesn't matter. He will do whatever he has to do for you to show his love to you because he want everybody to know he loves them let's pray father in the name of jesus we thank you today for your goodness for your kindness for your word lord it is amazing to understand your love who you are lord god we're so tainted by sin we're so tainted by the behavior of humans who are sinful who have who are fallen people lord god and every day we try to live this life without you we're just oh god spinning our wheels but today almighty god we have come to surrender to you and before we leave this place today lord god we're asking that you will confirm your word with signs following we're asking almighty god that each and every one of us will be touched mightily and miraculously by you lord god that we will not be the same again lord god we can truly declare that lord we want to be saved 
We want to be right with you. We want to live a life that is pleasing unto you, Lord God. So we ask, Lord God, that you will baptize us with your spirit, Lord God. We want to feel, we want to be filled with the spirit of God. And Lord, as you fill us with your spirit, Lord, we promise, oh God, that we will go about in this earth, Lord God, making you visible to this world so they will understand, Lord God, that Lord, you are God Almighty and that you are love and that there is none else beside you. And the only way we will experience love will be to show people God, will be all by you and through you. And so I pray today, Lord God, that every person in this room, Lord God, will give you the access to their heart, to their soul, for transformation to take place, and for the Spirit of God to work mightily and miraculously. Will somebody talk to the Lord before you leave here today? This is your moment to respond to the Word of God. This is your moment to say, God, do what you want to do in me. This is your moment to allow the final changes to take place in your life before you walk out of this room. God wants to do a work in you. God wants you to respond to his word. And if you will respond today, you will never be the same again. You will be changed. You will be touched by the power from on high. And the will of God will exude from you. The power of God will work through you. Father, I pray today in the name of Jesus that you help us oh God that you do what only you can do in us Lord God Lord I pray your blessing upon this church for those that have joined us virtually and for those that are here today in person I pray Lord God that the word of God will be engrafted, the word of God will be imparted, the word of God will truly almighty God Grab a hold of them, Lord God, and begin to consume them, O oh God. In the name of Jesus, I pray today, Lord God, that our day, Lord God, will never be like any other day. Because today, the love of God has been revealed to us. Because today, Lord God, we have learned that love is truly a noun and not a verb. What we do to, ex to express love those are verbs. Those are actions. But Lord, who you are are not actions. And so we ask that you have your way today. Bless this church, Lord. Bless us individually. Bless us collectively. And I pray your will to be done in our lives. Use us, Lord God, as your conduit, your instrument, your conduit to work through and to be a blessing to all others around us, Lord. We love you and we thank you. And we thank you for this day, for this service. God, have your way today. As we go from this place, let your hand be upon us. Let your spirit lead us and guide us. And let your word continue to manifest in us. We love you, Lord. And we thank you, Lord. For all these things we pray in Jesus' wonderful name. Somebody give God some praise today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Enjoy Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Yes. What a God we serve. Run to the Father, somebody. Don't forget our meeting for those of you that are part of our service next week.
Yeah. 